Welcome to the Theory of DFS podcast. I'm Jordan Cooper, the co-author of The Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. It's a 15-hour audio DFS masterclass you can find at theoryofdfs.com. Since Eric Beinfor is still stuck in the best ball streets, tweeting out lineups that have no running backs in them, uh, getting, getting guests on the show, coming to us from his new site, Run the Sims. It's Justin Freeman, formerly known from, from the captain spot. Last, last year, you were the showdown guy. You were the guy okay. I would listen to for 15 minutes, like three times a week, and you'd tell me, I ran 10,000 simulations, <laughs> and this guy shows up in the optimal lineup X percent of the time, and then you do that, and, uh, and it's, it's NFL showdown, so you can't expect anything. Yeah, all hell breaks loose. And I got to say, you, you must be getting uh, really far down the guest list at this point for Eric replacements when you when you get to bringing me on. But I appreciate you. Appreciate you having me hop on. But yeah, the showdown stuff was fun last year. I, I will say, like, obviously, I, I can't complain to you about content responsibilities. I mean, you're a freaking machine. But doing uh, doing those three shows and prepping for that every week, in addition to like everything else going on, man, that was that was like so much fun for about seven weeks. And then like week eight comes by, and you're like, I'm I still got a long way left this season. But it was it was fun. Like Showdown's been a lot of fun to try to like decode, so to speak. There's you know there's like just so much nuance to it and. I, like we've learned so much already in a short period of time, like with Showdown, but I feel like there's still a lot of meat on that bone. Well, you talk about the content machine. See, I'm not, I'm not like Pete Overzet. See, like this uh, NFL season, I think I'll be doing eight shows a week. So, mm-hmm. like the DFS pregame show, eleven in the morning. I'll probably do Monday through Friday. Then the Advanced Sports Analytics show, if it comes back on Thursdays. Then I do my Saturday stream, where I yell at everyone, and then maybe <laughs> I end up on Sunday mornings on Roto Grinders once in a while. So, but, but to me, that's what I enjoy doing. See, Pete, Pete has, Pete does a million different things. Like typically yeah. my shows are typically like I do this podcast and the pregame show. It's all built around kind of game theory in and of itself. So it's like kind of one topic and, and I'm just beating it to death. But like over that, <laughs> he's, he's, I mean, he has to switch gears like, like yeah, he's, he's got a personality disorder. I think that uh, he could do all those different things and do do them well. Like I, I don't like I, I don't do any one thing as well as Pete does all things. Like it's it's pretty awesome. So run the Sims. I I listened. Yeah. You were recently on Lulls, the mm-hmm. podcast with uh, with Overzet and Brian Hooper, and uh, and Brian Brian grilled you as as <laughs> as expected because he's going to be like what 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 goes into your mathematical processes. Uh, but you know that you know this show is all built around game theory. It's kind of, to me, it's weird the 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 different that the similarities and differences to how I approach the game and how what I call projection people approach mm-hmm. the game. Like we're using the same exact like tools, the same exact methodologies, just that the mindset of how you build lineups is from the complete opposite direction. So, for instance, uh, run the Sims. You, you're talking when we say the word Sims, we're not talking about the game that my wife plays on her computer, right? We're not. We're not talking. <laughs> they're about they're killing me for uh, SEO right now, though. I have to get past the Sims in order to rank high on Google. And she she plays that a lot. She always complains on the Sims. She built she she builds an art studio, and mm-hmm. people keep on fucking in her bathroom. 
<laughs> like constantly. <laughs> She's constantly complaining because it's like a public. You said it's a public or something, and people are going through her trash. They're having sex in the bathrooms. She's like, like I have art for sale. Like get get out of here. The constant. Did she put a sign on the door or something? Right. I, I don't know. But your site has nothing to do nothing to do with the uh, the Sims video game. Uh, no, very little. Although I guess uh, you know we are talking about some reality where you get to find out you know any of a number of possible outcomes for something. But you basically, yeah, like the the short elevator pitch of the the entire premise of the site is uh, let's get away from baseline projections, meaning median projections, and uh, let's actually understand things in terms of range of outcomes. And, and you know, not I'm not the first person to be talking about range of outcomes by any means. Uh, most places are referencing that in one way or the other, but we're trying to be a bit more precise with that. So we're going to simulate play-by-play -play every game on every slate 10,000 times. In other words, we go through game one, uh, you know, every single player, like if it was a, a Madden simulation, and at the end of that game, you got to collect the box score for every player. And then we just ran that Madden simulation 10,000 times for every game on the slate. And then you get some pretty powerful information uh, for that. Obviously, you'll get a full range of outcomes for every player, fully correlated with his own teammates and that sort of thing. But then we can also optimize each simulation run and say, well, hey, in simulation number one, the nut lineup looked like this. In simulation number two, it looked like that. And then we can find some unique combinations of players and some optimal rates for each of those players. So overall, it's, it's kind of like taking the things that we're intuitively doing in our head and you know, putting actual numbers to that to make hopefully make our decisions a little bit easier. But, you know, obviously you're the game theory guy. So taking it that second level, then I think is where there's real meat on the bone. Right. I want to get I want to get into the game theory stuff and how on on what I believe your site should be. That it isn't <laughs> right. Like 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 yeah. we, we had a conversation before. It's like that. This is the I, I would find this useful. It's like, no, no, we're still we're, we're doing this, which is also right. useful. But yeah. it's from the two different sides. So first, let's talk about the, the simulation methodology. Play-by-play sure. play versus like a Monte Carlo type of method. Now, the, the benefits of the play-by-play -play based simulation is that you don't have to worry about like any type of correlation coefficients. Because they're exactly. obviously, you're doing it play-by-play. -play. You don't have to have Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill are correlated 1.48 and then when you run out the Monte Carlo, all of them have to, you know, match up that way because you obviously can't have from, from a if you think from a, a very uh, common sense point of view, Patrick Mahomes can't have a 440 yard five touchdown game while Tyreek Hill is two for 18 and no touchdowns. Right. It, it's it's less like like I guess that Byron Pringle could have 300 yards. I guess it could happen. Uh so, but when you do it play by play, it's naturally correlated because each play has to, I mean, a 14 yard pass to Tyreek Hill, like you get the correlate, the target shares and everything in there, like you, you get that already. Uh, the downsides to it, uh, at least from, from my experience is, uh, is the time and mm -hmm. in order to simulate that. And, uh, according to, to what you said on lulls, uh, you, you're doing it in go, which yeah. is obviously not used as much. Typically, most people do it in R or Python. Uh, mm -hmm. But you said, I mean, you could simulate 10,000 uh, instances of a game in 30 seconds? Yeah, it's, 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 it's that's simulations and optimizations on top of that. So it, it's, it's pretty unbelievable speed to, to the point where when my, my guy, Mike, uh, told me how long it was taking him to run these sims, I, I assumed something was 
horribly wrong. We had gotten this wrong because we were converting this over from an R program into a Go program. And no way you just ran this whole slate in 16 seconds or whatever. And uh, I go back and check and I'm looking at every single box score and in every single play and they're they're right there's the exact same logic and stuff and so it's just it's a super fast um product and and the you know mike our engineer who's put that together super talented guy so he's able to you know get a lot of things going at the same time instead of you know, progressing through things linearly but anyway that's that's pretty pretty nerdy part of this but overall it's 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 unbelievably fast and so I used to spend, I mean, I can't tell you, Jordan, like probably 20 hours a week, like running simulations through, you know, I've got the Thursday night slate coming up. It's it's Tuesday, but I need to get some preliminary stuff out there so people have something to look at. So I'm going to run it then. And then I'm going to run it uh, for the FanDuel slate. And then I'm going to run it for, um, you know, again on Wednesday and then like five or six different times on Thursday. And then I'm going to do it again for the Sunday night showdown and then again for the Monday night showdown. And it's like, all I'm doing is asking my computer to run simulations for like legitimately 20 hours a week. And now that process will be a web-based app and it'll be running in a matter of seconds and anybody can do it. So um, it's pretty cool. I guess I've punted away whatever edge I have. Ha, you know, I had a, a pretty decent year in Showdown, nothing like uh, no million dollar prize, no solo millies or anything like that. But uh, I also probably play it a bit more conservative than, than GTO. So for, for these simulations, Obviously, when you simulate, it's 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 the same it's the same thing as as any variable based like computation that it's it's garbage in garbage out right like it's it's it all comes down to the numbers that you're putting in now in NFL NFL numbers you're either you're either coming up with in two different ways right you're either regressing past data or you're 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 setting it you're like you're setting a target share of twenty two percent. Yeah. As as the meeting or the rushing share, how many plays are there going to be in the game, right? That type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could be very subjective, which the NFL could be in a 17, 18 week season. Like even yeah. the data sizes, the, the the sample sizes are small enough that you know, the margin of error is is quite quite large. Now yeah. on your on your site, you're obviously putting in some type of baseline. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Uh, for week one, week two, you know, for a classic slate, that you're monitoring the news and you're personally putting in, this is what I believe. It's very similar to like Derek Hardy, right? He has the blitz. So he's coming up with his projections in a similar way that you're coming up with your baseline, baseline for that week or whatever. You believe believe there's going to be, based on whatever, there's going to be, you know, 64 plays on this end and 58 plays on that end and and all the variables put together, and here's the target shares, here's the rushing shares, here's all of that yep. type of stuff. Uh, you're giving access for people to, I mean, to change that. I mean, essentially, yes. you're, you're, the, the goal of your site is for people to be able to put their input in and not only have that, like, it's not going to just change a projection by a percentage, like mm-hmm. you would see on, on maybe a more uh, rudimentary model. Of, oh, you could move a slider up and down, and that'll change, you know, based on the variable's weight, 3% this way and 1.5% that way. Now, you're yeah. allowing people to go, well, I believe, I, I think, I think this receiver is going to have 4%. You think it's 21%, I think it's 25%. And then, mm-hmm. obviously, you take away the percent from some other people and you yep. even it out. And But at that point, 
the simul how do you simulate without having your own program? Like your goal is for you to now put in all of your stuff and then still be able to do 10,000 simulations of the game. So if someone just wanted to research, for instance, let's say uh, there's a high variant situation, right? Let's say we have a, like an injury status. We have like one of those things where Julio Jones, right? I know he's on the Titans, but last year on the Falcons, mm-hmm. he's questionable. And you're like, well, Calvin Ridley could have this target share. You could also have a much higher target share. Like yeah. Zacchaeus could have, like, you don't know which way it's going to go. You have the option. Most proje- if you go to any other site, most projections are like, this is what this is what we believe. Right, and we picked this thing. Right, and until until shown and until Julio Jones is ruled out, we're just going to assume that Julio Jones is. They either said it so that Julio Jones has his normal target share, or find some middle. Some yeah, give, yeah, give an right. injury designation of uh, he's out 20% of the time, so let's take off 20% and give everyone else 20% and then have mm-hmm. some, like, middle ground, that median, that mean type of right. ground. Well, with your site, I mean, I could go in on, on Friday night and say, I want to ru- run a 10,000 sim on if Julio's out. Yep. If Julio's in but only gets a, a certain snap share, snap count, or mm-hmm. is in in full... And then see the differences between, like, who gets affected the most and who's more likely to appear in optimals uh, based on that. So do, do you think that's the, the two questions here? It, 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 it's a double-edged sword, Justin. Do you think the best-selling point of your tool, of your site, is the ability to do things like that versus the fact that 95% of the playing audience that plays DFS... Am I am I that interested? You, I want you to tell me what the target share is, and at the at the end of the day, if I subscribe to your site and never adjust anything, isn't it the same as me just downloading your projections? Yeah, if you didn't want to adjust anything at all, it's not completely different than uh, having available projections. I, I suppose the one thing we could tell you though that I don't believe anybody else is telling is is an optimal rate, and to me that is a very powerful number. And granted, the, the goal of you know, playing even in the Millie Maker isn't necessarily to play the nut lineup. Now, granted, we'll, we'll take it, right? But um, you know, you'll get some weird results trying to trying to chase a nut lineup. So we lower our expectation down just a little bit. But yeah, o- overall, I think this would really cater to somebody who thought they had a better read on it or wanted to do more advanced research like ahead of time. And uh, for me, that's always been something I'm super interested in because like I, I don't care about the fringe instance where we're we're like the hedge of the Julio hedge where we think, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of thinking he's either going to play or not going to play. And we're going to kind of take a little bit away from him to show you know, like that. That situation is not going to happen. He's either going to play or he's either not going to play. Right, that's so, not going to be a normally distributed right, outcome so range. Why don't you tell me, you know, you, you figure it out and you plug it in. And the fact that it's so quick means you can like, you could change a lot of things on the fly. And I think that's fun. So like, it can essentially serve as a proxy for your own weekly projections and do with those what you will. We'll have an optimizer there on site, but um, you know, you could, you could upload that potentially anywhere, but um, yeah. So I, I think there's a lot of potential uses. I, I think and, 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 and hold on a second. So when, so if you do change everything and run, and, and so on the site itself, I could change every, anything I want and mm-hmm. in 30 seconds, get the simulation of 10,000 of whatever I changed. 
Yes. Okay, so it's running on a you use it like AWS or something. It's running. It's not the type right, of thing where server, like you submitted not on your computer. Right. Correct. This is something that's as fast as as an optim as a as an optimizer in the industry would be. Yes. Yeah. Right. Because we when I think of simulations, like I've done I've done work in Excel, and let me mm -hmm. tell you, uh, <laughs> thirty seconds for ten thousand simulations is is like like you like you said. I would think something's wrong if right. it was that fast because. Let, let, with my skills, ten thousand would take all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and I'm the same way. Like I was telling Brian and Pete this. Like I, I started in this with an Excel model, and because that's the language that I'm native to, right? And uh, with with some help of some smart people, we got it put into R, and it was, you know, it ran in an hour, and that was so cool. And now it's like we've kind of stepped it up a notch even more, and put some diesel fuel into the tank, but it's been, uh, so it's really cool. Like if you think about the fact that you can run simulations that quickly, you really can think about a lot of potential use cases for that. And, uh, you know, it has some trickle down, not only in DFS, but obviously season long prop betting, that sort of stuff too. Right. And the nut lineup, that percentage you're looking for, it's very <laughs> similar. Like other sites have similar type of methodology. And you really, and, and truthfully, you need to know what the methodology is to mm -hmm. understand what these numbers mean because they're slightly different. So like on Roto-Grinders, we have something called the smash percentage. Mm -hmm. But the smash percentage is all based around a, norm, a normal distribution in a Monte Carlo method. So basically it's individual player based. So there's no correlation attached to it. So it's basically saying that here, the, God, per, the player's median is 17 and his, his 84th percentile outcome is 29. And it's mm -hmm. like, if we ran this slate 10,000 times, like how often does he reach whatever value you believe, you know, some type of multiplier. A lot of times it's like 4X plus 10, depending on the sport, certain like 5X plus 7. And right. you could set, what it doesn't matter what that number is. Like you need to know what that smash percentage number even is. Like what right. is that multiply? Like what is it? And if you want to change it, depending on the contest that you're playing, well, you don't need, like in basketball, a lot of times it's like, you need like 5X plus 10 for like large field tournaments mm -hmm. for an individual player, especially in basketball where there's not much correlation to care about anyway. But maybe for a small field contest, you'd rather have the smash percentage be uh, 4X plus 7 or something. Right. Like uh, knowing that. And then you also have, we have like top stack percentage, you know, like that type of thing. But that's mm -hmm. more based on, a contest-based methodology exactly. of running a contest out and seeing what lineup appears in the winning lineup. You're doing it based on a nut lineup. So what we would yeah. call the optimal, basically yeah. the highest scoring lineup possible within the salary and precisional constraints uh, for all the players put together, right? So like it, it's not the highest scoring running back or the highest scoring wide receiver. You may not be able to get, if they're all exactly. expensive players, they may not be able to fit in one, or they could fit in one lineup, but you're playing a $2,500 guy that gets one point, and it right. would have been a better construction had you played something else. So basically what you're doing is doing doing that that knapsack problem Exactly. at the yeah, end. It's a constraint problem, and it's called linear programming for anybody who's wanting to, to read up on that. And uh, basically you're, you're going to define what your constraints are. I need a nine person lineup with exactly one quarterback, anywhere between two to three running backs, three to four wide receivers, one to two tight ends and a defense. And uh, I need it to stay $50,000 or less. And you're going to maximize on the simulated DraftKings points for that, 
for that week for that slate. And uh, you're right that um, you know it, it's going to be different what your objective is based on slate size. So the fact that we can optimize on any slate now is going to change. You know, you have a very different number for the Sunday main slate optimal rates versus what you'd have for the afternoon only uh, optimal rates. You know, if, if Derrick Henry's in the optimal in the afternoon only slate, he may be like 20% optimal on the main slate, but 50% optimal on the short slate, right? Because who else does he have to compete against anymore? So uh, he doesn't. Even, it takes away like how much of a ceiling do you have to have on those types of slates? So the fact that it's dynamic on the slate, I think, helps out a lot. How are you, how are you doing the defenses? Defenses suck, but I mean, it's uh, it's it's simulated based on known sack rate, known pressure rate, interception rate of the passer that they're playing against. Okay, but you're still doing it on the on. You're still doing it the play by play. Play by play. So, so, so yeah. when you it, simulate the game, the defense gets a certain amount of points. Okay, so it's still within right. the same type of type. Exactly. Of, you're, you're simulating a sack. You're simulating an interception. You're simulating. Exactly. Okay, okay. So it ends up being the same thing, and we both know defenses in NFL on a week-to-week basis, is you, you throw up your hands. Just whatever. Exactly. whatever. I mean, like, it's going to be highly variant. Yeah, so we'll have some stuff in there to basically disincentivize people from spending a lot of money on defense. <laughs> okay. Now comes the difference between the way that I play and the way that, 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 you're, that what you're developing, to me, views as how to build your own projections. Mm-hmm. Like, so to me... I, co- I come from the other end of the spectrum. I assume that I can't beat anyone's projections. Like, mm-hmm. I just assume that as long as I have a reasonable, like, the differences between projections. NFL may be a little bit more subjective, obviously, but in a large sample size, I don't believe that I could build a model that's better than Cardi, that's better than Brian Hooper, that's better right. than Ricky D, better than whoever else is playing. If I can... It would take me a long time, and maybe I'll have a 1% advantage. Like, like I believe that around the industry, what's publicly available, probably you're probably going to pay for it. Like, if I just use your base projections that you do, and you put in all the, you do all the work for me, and you just spit out the numbers, like, I, I could use that. I don't have to worry about, uh, worry about the football element of it. You're, you're going to yeah. take that interception rate for the defense. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to think about any of that. And your projections, if I looked at Osimo's projections, shouldn't be that dramatically different, right? right? Shouldn't be. I mean, we, the good teams, the good teams, the good players, the good players. It's not. It's not all that complicated. You, exactly. you may have a slightly different opinion, two percent different way on a rushing or a carry or a target share, and that. And but that two percent difference, on an injury or something like right. that, would be the biggest things. Yeah. Right. But in 150 lineups, if you're building, the two percent difference would mean the could mean the difference of me having that player in only seven lineups versus you having that player in 58 lineups. Like, like, but that, but in the projection, that's, that's really all that's, that's different. So for me, the biggest, the biggest tool that is not available, I, as, as far as I know, someone please tell me if it is, because I'll, I'll be using it. Uh, (laughs) And, and, and I just want to preface this. Uh, you know, th- th- this is not sponsored content. Like, Justin, I-, I brought you on because I respect what you do. Am I ever going to use Run the Sims? Maybe, maybe not. But I- this is not a recommendation. It's just, this is what it does. And if you want to use it, use it. If you want to have it part of your arsenal. If you want right. to, hey, I subscribe to many sites just to see what other people are looking at. Right? I mean, yeah. to me, especially with my approach, I need to know what everyone else is doing 
So I, it determines what I do. So to me, it's use, it may be useful for that. But I don't want to come across as like, no, you got to be using this tool. I'm going to be using this tool. Like, like <laughs> I'll be that person in this conversation. Right, you'll be that person. <laughs> uh, but like I said, I wouldn't have you on if I didn't respect what, what you did to begin with. I mean, if I, if I didn't believe that your tool was useful at all, I wouldn't have asked you. I wouldn't even ask you on anyway. Right. What I would want, you're simulating games, and you're simulate and you're comparing that to an optimal nut lineup. Mm-hmm. What I want to simulate is the expected value of exact lineups. So I mm-hmm. want to be able to, for instance, you have you already have the projections. So I don't need you to play by play anything. It's just like nope, it's already there. Give me the percentile outcomes. So mm-hmm. like you've simulated 10,000 slates, 10,000 co- you know and you have that median, right? Yep. You have the percent mm-hmm. yeah, what's the 40th percentile? What's the 60th percentile? How is that correlated to one another? And then put those in lineups with the ownership that I give give you. And I say I I want Tyreek Hill 16% owned. I want you know this guy 12 I I'll put in the ownership. Or you could project mm-hmm. the ownership if you want as a baseline. But I'll put in the ownership. You're wanting the owner, your, your preference ownership, or you're wanting what everybody else is doing. Which which of those two? Well, you, what, what I project is the it as exposure or as ownership. No, not exposure. No. I'm talking about ownership. So okay. I'm going to project the ownership. Okay. Of, of all the you know, I or I could go to, I could go to Roto Grinders and just grab their ownership. I could go to Osmo, sure. grab I could grab whatever I want. Just give me the ownership, and based on those ownerships, create all the lineups in the millimaker. Obviously, that's the biggest contest, mm-hmm. and then I want you. Then I want to be able to put in a lineup and tell me after ten thousand simulations of the Millie Maker, mm-hmm. how much money does this lineup make? That's good. That's good. Yeah, I, I did. So, I and what's you... the what's and then what's the standard deviation of that lineup? So, for instance, yeah. you may have lineups that, for instance, uh. In a millimaker with a fifteen percent rake, show mm-hmm. like for every dollar you put in, you get seventeen cents on top. So it's a dollar seventeen, right? right? So let's say it's a twenty dollar entry and you get whatever the percentage. Yeah, is. if it's a penny, then you you've got a positive EV lineup. Right, you got a positive EV lineup, but then you need to know the standard deviation, and you see that in ten thousand simulations, it never comes in the top one hundred, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So like that EV, you're slightly positive. But it's more of a min cash type of like you're unlikely to win. But if you play enough times, you could squeak out a little bit. Now, there aren't that many of those lineups because the rake is so high. So Mm -hmm. you could now simulate the. So I don't want to simulate the games. I want to simulate the contest. So instead of the millimaker, I want to take the spy. Now, obviously, the ownership in the spy is going to be different from the ownership in the millimaker. So now I'm going to switch all the ownerships, right? Mm -hmm. Or you could give me a baseline if you want to do that computation. And what you so what run the Sims believe. In this situation where I'm factoring, I'm creating these fake lineups, right? I'm, I'm creating dummy lineups based on the ownership you've provided. I've also got to have some rules on how construction's done too, right? right? To be able to make that work. Right, because most, like, most lineups that have Tyreek Hill have Patrick Mahomes. Most right. like, because that's why like the, the uh, doing ownership product for correlative sports isn't, isn't like completely accurate. Because like in baseball, especially, you take, you take baseball, and it's like, mm-hmm. if you're going to play the Dodgers, like, and Max Muncy is 22% owned and Mookie Betts is 18% owned. Like, that doesn't mean that, like, a lot of that 22% is also with Betts. 
Like it's not exactly. it's not a one v one type of well no well it's forty percent of lineups have one Dodger of those two Dodgers in it. It's like no, it's much less than that because same thing in football where yeah. you know a quarterback wide receiver are much more likely to be paired up together. And yeah, also the no more owned the quarterback lineups. is, the more owned the two of them together are. Right? right. You may there's have no an Allen Robinson. They don't have Travis Kelsey or Tyree Hill. Ever, right. You know. Right. Exactly. Uh, exactly. So, so yeah, you'd if have you have to can, figure in some logic like that, loop it through. But um, that can be done. That's actually a pretty no, I, idea. No, 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 no. Justin, Justin, I know it can be done. I mean, that yeah. the point that I'm making is that, that <laughs> some a tool like that is not publicly available. And then I could also, for instance, let's say you had the ability on top of that. So let's, so you, you select like on your site, you, you select the major contests on DraftKings, FanDuel, Yahoo, SuperDraft, whatever. There doesn't have to be any, I mean, obviously you can make a custom one, right? Sure. Like it, 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 at somewhere down the line where you can put in any amount of entries, any amount of whatever, but let's say you just pulled and say like, I'm going to but put in the basic settings for the spy, for the power sweep three max, for the for the nine dollar slant, for the millimaker, maker, like kind of like just and on FanDuel that whatever kind of kind of like five or six main contests there, the mini max mm-hmm. or something, whatever it is. And then now you have the total entries, you know the payout structure because you're pulling that. And then right. you're basically simulating you're going Simulation one of the whole. So you're taking the play-by-play data. We've already got it. Yeah. You already got it, right? So you you already got the ten thousand simulations of that. So you're now just grabbing games and just running one, just yeah. putting them all together in a matrix, and then running the contest. What lineup wins? What lineups? Yep. What players are in those lineups? How often do they? How often does a player show up in the top lineup? Not the nut lineup, because most people you're not going to have the nut lineup in a lot of times because right. it's right. a weird lineup. How many times does this player show up in like the top 0.1% of the field? What mm-hmm. stacks? Like you go, well, does a 3-1 construction? Does a 3-2 construction? Does a, Now you could go by construction type, but you're all basing it around what wins this specific contest. And then based on the... Now, in one simulation, this, con, this lineup comes in 362nd place. The next one, it comes in 76,000th place for no money. Right. And then you're and taking the 10,000 right. simulations averaging yeah. out the payouts and then going per simulation, your expected value is X. And then, yep. and then the cool what you can add nope. on top of that, Justin, is kind of a rewind feature where mm-hmm. once, the, once you have, because now we're going by projected ownership and, and your projections and your simulations. Mm-hmm. Now, what happens if I want after the fact put in all, all of my 150 lineups in the $9 slant. Now we know what the actual ownership is. You already know what, now you could pull the CSV, you know all the lineups. Like you don't have to simulate the ownership and guess the lineups. You know the actual lineups. Now obviously it doesn't mean that I could do anything about it because all the players are locked. But now after the fact, I can now take my lineups and use whatever projection set I want to use I load in my custom projections, and now I want to have basically give me 10,000 simulations of the contest now that we know all the actual lineups and mm-hmm. my projection set, and then tell me right. like my if my 150 lineups in the nine dollar slant cost 
uh, what, uh, what, what is that? Thirteen hundred and fifty bucks. You could say based yeah. on ten thousand simulations, you could you average get back fifteen hundred and seventy five dollars. Like, and yeah. here are your lineups that are plus EV. Here are all your lineups that were minus EV based on your project, based on the projections that I put in, and then your 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 simulation server that allows me yeah. to now replay the contest ten thousand times. Does this sound like something that would be highly useful? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I agree completely with that. That's um, and the hindsight tool there would be would be really cool because then it's like, you know, before you go into any contest, you're obviously you're guessing on, you know, all of the assumptions that are in the projections in the first place. So you're guessing on the projections, but you're also guessing on ownership. Now, once ownership becomes crystallized and um yeah, to me, ownership's a much tougher thing to get a grasp on than projected fantasy points. Um, you know, like I think that's super, super cool because I would say that the vast majority of DFS players have no clue, myself included, maybe, uh, whether or not they have just created a positive EV lineup when they click submit. You know, like because, okay, does my lineup have a stack? Does it have a bring back? Does it have secondary correlation? Did I? Um, did I fade a majority owned player? You know, what are the things that I would feel like I need the boxes I would need to check off for a lineup? And, and obviously it's going to depend on the contest, but, um, yeah, like it, sometimes it's really hard to know because you don't get to run that thing out 10,000 times to know whether it was plus EV or not. Right. I don't, but that's, but to me publicly available now I'm saying, I'm saying the word publicly available because what I'm describing does exist, right? I'm sure. And yeah. I, I, to, to, to put all things into perspective, I, I do have a way of doing something very close to that myself. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, 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 real, it's, not, it's not accurate. It's really bad. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's directionally accurate enough. Um, mm -hmm. The point being is that from, you could understand from my approach, I look at what you're doing as, oh, how could we better project players? And I'm mm -hmm. coming from the game theory approach of how could I better project the contests? Right. So I I want I know that in in the 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 twenty max the play action with God knows how many entries, there's a lot of bad entries. There's a lot like the ownership is very inefficient, comparison mm -hmm. to the win equity of a lineup, right? A lot of people are either playing really non-correlative garbage lineups that like have almost no ceiling to get all the way and beat one hundred fifty thousand entries, or they're mm -hmm. or they're playing ones that have like the maximum amount of min cash equity and yet they'll like you have really bad lineups and then you have just bad, bad lineups. But those, exactly. those min cash lineups, if you ran them 10,000 times, you'd see it in EV of like 0.96. It's like, you're losing like 20% of your money. You're like, the rate, right? right. Yeah. You may cash more often, right? You may cash four out of 10 times, but you're never getting past 1.5 X or two X, three X often enough that you're making money at a 10,000 times. And then you also have lineups that win, win the Millie maker once because it's so fucking weird. Yeah. And then like 99,000 other times, it's like so far behind now in the Millie maker, obviously if you win it once out of 10,000, you're profitable, right? right? But maybe not in the $9 slant, right? So, right. so that lot, that type of, those types of lineups would show up as higher expected value then like some of the safer but plus EV lineups, but their right. standard deviation would be like five times as exactly. high. So like it, to compare it to baseball, or it, it, we could say about football, like if a team is like a fifteen point underdog, and you're like I'm gonna I'm gonna super stack the underdog, mm -hmm. right? And be like, I'm gonna play I'm gonna play the Jets stack against the Chiefs, 
and I'm going to play the quarterback, both wide receivers and the tight end with no run back, right? So mm-hmm. it's like it, it's playing for like the instance of the Jets like going out and beating them 31 um, nothing, mm-hmm. which doesn't happen that often, but it may happen once in the mm-hmm. 10,000 Sims and it comes in in third place in the Millie Maker. And you're like, well, and then maybe it makes that lineup because of that slightly, slightly profitable. Yeah. <laughs> but the standard deviation would be so high that you'd be able to find 50,000 other lineups that would be, you know, better than that. Like, to, to me, what I'm describing is, what well, truthfully, I think is the, is basically the, is the DFS, th- DFS 3.0 when it comes to content. That yeah. once, th- once that's publicly available, then we're going to start seeing people drop out of the ecosystem. <laughs> well, cool. I'll work on that next. That may be a year two thing before we get to it. Uh, we do. But you, have, see, like, but you a, see how it's. You see yeah. why that that to me that's that's the whole like. If you have accurate projections and you have accurate player projections, as accurate as possible, as accurate ownership projections, all that comes down the thing that you should be simulating is not the games, but the actual contests. And then now you have the ability. For instance, let's say on your site, it's a 10, 12 game NFL slate. And I don't even want to use your projections. I want to mm-hmm. upload my own percentile projections, but I mm-hmm. want to use your service to simulate stuff. Right. Even if it's just a Monte Carlo method with right. the simple correlation ma- matrix. And I want to use that. And then I'm going to give you the ownerships of all the players. And I just want to just, just run this contest and show me if I could sort by show me all the, show me all the lineups, mm-hmm. show me the show me the lineup that returns sixty four cents on the dollar. Show me the one that shows sixty three. Show just show me all the line, and now I can go through and go. I want that lineup. I want this lineup. I want that. You know, uh, show me all the lineups with cheap stacks. Show me all the lineups with Viking stacks. And then you can compare the two and go. You know, based on the standard deviation and the expected value, go okay. I want five of these lineups. I want ten of these. And it, and it, maybe it turns out that a player that projects. Well, because this is all based around relative value because right. like like in the simulation, if Derrick Henry has a bad game and he's 30% owned, like the score for that slate and that simulation for the content, the Millie Maker winning score is going to be much lower, which mm-hmm. means that it's quite possible my garbage lion stack, like that actually has a plus expected value in those cases. And then right. running, and if you could do that in 30 seconds now, where I could just <laughs> run contest simulations like that, sure. like... To, to to me, to, to, truthfully, to me, uh, you'd have to you'd you'd have to charge a lot of money for that. Yeah, and that's funny trying to figure out price point for something like this because you, you, what you've described honestly is a uh, it would be a you're talking about providing your own ownership for specific contests and stuff. That's that's a pretty small group of people in and of itself, right? And but you uh, could do it. You if you could do it, you could have an algo and do it. Yeah. do it yourself. I mean, you could provide a baseline like you do with the regular projections. But all I'm all I'm saying is that what I'm describing is what I attempt to do. It's mm-hmm. just that I like what I want is to not spend two years doing it. Yeah. And still not being as good as other players and right. just paying you 500 bucks for it. Right. It's the yeah, same that, reason why I pay the loop, for the bad projections. The it's, it's the entire process, you know, from start to finish, because we've now got the, we've got the projection. We've got the simulation of what the players are going to do. Now we're simulating not only ownership, but actual lineups of what the other people are going to do. And now we can simulate that slate. Now we'll warn 
10,000 simulation sounds like a lot, but for something like a Millie Maker, not a, not a ton of runs there. You probably still have no idea how often you should hit that, you know, top well, what, what, why do you Why do you think I just said that I have a process that's, that's directionally Plus. accurate, but right. not because uh, yeah, because I because I can't uh, like like I said, ten thousand simulations uh, that would ten thousand takes me all would take me all day, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm playing what I mean maybe in football you could do it because it's a weekly type of thing, but in baseball like I I just I don't have like what am I I get a hundred I mean like we have we have pitchers that change a half an hour before the slate fucking locks mm-hmm. right we have starting lineups that aren't out it's like what can I what can I possibly run for any extended sample size? To me, I just need some directionally accurate. Right. Like, it, well, it, the thing is, you're you're running these simulations in your head, and you're you're handling it the best you can, and you're you're forecasting out not only what these players are going to do, you're forecasting out which players are going to do well at the same time as other players, and then also what other people are going to do and react to that same piece of information, and you're. You're, you know, you're dealing more abstractly and vaguely, but you're doing the same thing mentally. And so hopefully this helps, you know, put put a fine point pencil on on a, you know, quantifying it somehow. Right. Well, I just want to be more I just want to be more efficient with it. Exactly. But but, but, with, but with my approach, it, uh, my approach isn't any different from anyone else's. It just it just it, it, it starts the problem from the other end. Right. Right. It, it, it I, I go with the assumption like this, this is what people. This is what most people don't get about what I, what 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 I teach and what I do is that mm-hmm. it assumes efficient projections, right? Like it it assumes that I'm going to assume that everyone has that information. So if everyone has that information, how do I get an edge? Overlook building lineups based on just that information. Like how you can't, you can't have an edge. So right. all I have to do is figure out how people are 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 deviating from what we already know to do things irrationally, and then how ha- ha- how do I benefit from that? It's like, well, this guy should be in fourteen percent of lineups, but he's going to be in twenty two percent of lineups right. because of because of, of narrative or some or you know. People are more likely to build because it's a lot of times it's people are more likely to build safe lineups. A lot of times that's the main reason is not well the guy's own because yes he's the best projected point per dollar player and he fits in more lineups he'll show up he'll show up in that nut lineup more often than not but still he'll still be overowned he'll still be overowned enough that I find more equity in playing lineups without him Mm -hmm. and. But if you start from the op, if you start from my approach, all I'm doing is looking for overowned and underowned players. Right. I don't care. I'm assuming the projection is accurate. I'm assuming so, even if I take the aggregate of multiple sources, mm-hmm. that, that I could just simulate it out and I just go, who's overowned, who's underowned, and let me build lineups with a combination that equals a certain amount of ownership in total or in multi in product with a certain a percentile outcome chance, like 80th percentile or something, mm-hmm. and then compare the two and just go, which lineups, and well, that's how you calculate the expected value of a lot. I mean, that's, without yeah. simulating the, without actually going through and simulating it out 100,000 times, you'll be directionally accurate. Your right. lineup is more likely to be plus EV. I don't know exactly how much EV, right? I could do 100, I could do 500 simulations. What's that going to tell me? 500, mm-hmm. it's it barely anything. Right. Uh, but I'm starting from that end. You're starting from the end of, 
Well, what happens if you don't think uh, 22% target share? Like, I'm, I'm just, I, I just don't even bother with, like, to me, I want to <laughs> take the, the sports and knowledge end of it <laughs> completely out of it and just outsource that to someone that obviously, an ETR, Levitan, Silva, Leone, look at what they do. I'm right. never going to do what they do. You're going to you're going to be able to give me a median target share for some guy like let them d- why not just let them do it? And right. I know th- and the thing is, I know that people are looking at that. Like that mm-hmm. to me that's the most the most valuable piece is it's kind of a double-edged sword. Right? I I don't want to do my own projections, so I outsource it to something that's publicly available mm-hmm. that a large group of people also use. Well, that's also a benefit to me because I also know that they're looking at it also. Right. So, so right. like, that's what they're, yeah. right. So it's like, that's the, that's the second level of like, I'm using the same thing as everyone else, but they're building it without regard to what I'm doing. And I'm building it with complete regard that everyone else is looking at it. Right. So like for your, like I would sign up for your site just for the, 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 the reconnaissance mystery. The spy, uh, yeah. Right. If, if your site ends up, you know, 10,000 right. subscribers and people are built and, and barely, and 95% of your users are never changing your shares or anything. Like, well, I know the project. Now I know the projections that 10,000 mm-hmm. users in my contest may be using and right. disregarding ownership. And now they're, now they're playing either they're, they're playing minus, they're playing good lineups that are actually, unprofitable let me ask you a question jordan because this is one that i've struggled with um let's say we think uh we're playing the slant and derrick henry projects to be uh 40 owned in the slant and we think that he is optimal 30 percent of the time so optimal we, meaning the nut lineup you mean nut lineup 30 percent of the time so obviously he is a strong strong play independently of ownership right and Ownership suggests that he is still slightly or pretty, pretty substantially, actually, over-owned by 10%, right? So how would you adjust that if you're building 100 lineups, 150 lineups? Do you want to have – do you want to match the field? Do you want to match hey, optimal? That, uh, or do someone, you want didn't to, let, uh, someone didn't buy my course. You're, you're, I, I must not have made it to Chapter uh, 28. Right. No, I don't, <laughs> I don't think – I don't think – to me, I don't think in those terms. I think in terms of lineups. Okay. So, like, to me, over, under, field, that, 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 that's, you're talking about diversification, right? I don't care, like, oh, he's going to be, he's going to be, uh, he should be 30% owned, uh, he's going to be 40% owned, I'm going to have 20% of him. Like, but Mm -hmm. if 20, if those lineups suck, who cares if I have 20%? What are the EV of each individual lineup? Mm -hmm. Are the Derrick Henry lineups profitable? If they're not profitable, then why should I have 20% of them? I can probably... Yeah, but I could probably find Derrick Henry lineups that are way profit, more profitable than non-Derrick Henry lineups. But the the Derrick Henry lineups that are profitable likely don't have if if there's some chalk stack or something, it probably doesn't they contain happen. something else unique about them. Right. So let's say, for instance, in your example, Derrick Henry, it efficient ownership is thirty percent. He's going to be forty percent owned. Well, maybe mm-hmm. there's a stack. There's a three plus one <coughs> in combination. A quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, run back, that in combination should be 1.2% owned in combination. And they're going to be 0.4% owned in combination because obviously all together. 
now you use the Derrick Henry free square. That they right. Well, because I've already gotten all my leverage. I'm getting right. I'm getting everything I need from that stack that I want now I need now I just need to rage my projection is give me the highest probability in the rest of my lineup. So that right. Derrick Henry lineup may be way more profitable than a ton of non-Derrick Henry, like a non-Derrick Henry lineup. Let's say there's a non-Derrick Henry lineup with them, like the second highest owned stack. Let's say the Vikings. And you have uh, Cousins. Uh, I, I'm saying all these names as if I, I'm not paying attention to NFL since last year. Uh, Cousins. We know you're up on all the blurbs, Jordan. Don't don't. Yeah, yeah, it. sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Thursday before the first slate, I'll know who's on whose team. Uh, uh, yeah, let's say you have a, a, a Vikings, you know, uh, Cousins, Jefferson, Rudolph. Or what, what, Herb Smith. Yeah, yeah, you vouted yourself. Oh, I vouted myself. Whoever, whoever, whoever <laughs> tight end for the Vikings. And let, let's say that, that, that combination is efficiently owned. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, putting Derrick Henry in that lineup doesn't make as much sense, but let's say Dalvin Cook is slightly under owned, right? Just slightly. Like he said, like he's good. He's going to be 16% owned. And he should be twenty percent owned, and he put him in that lineup with the with the fairly efficient stack, and maybe a one off wide receiver that is a little bit under owned. If you were to simulate like that, that lineup versus the Derrick Henry, you know, super mega chalk lineup with that one percent owned stack, that Derrick right. Henry lineup may end up being like three times more profitable than right. the lineup that seems to not have chalk. Seems it doesn't. Maybe there's three chalk players that it doesn't have in it. But the players that it does have are not necessarily, not necessarily underowned enough that like you're giving up, let's say eight points in median projection, but you're not really gaining that, that all that much. Le- you're you're getting some leverage, but you're gotcha. playing a lot of like twelve percent owned dudes and whatever, and it's just like maybe it's profitable. Maybe that lineup actually is plus EV by a small extent, but mm-hmm. you could but you could find Derrick Henry lineups that you know. Who knows? They, they, have, they have stacks in it that that their 80th percentile outcomes happen often enough that the standard deviation of those lineups, obviously, Justin, would be high. Right. But if you ran it out 10,000 times, 100, for a small, maybe not the Millie Maker, because 10,000 is not enough, but let's say you right. ran out the Spy for a mm-hmm. single entry contest. Maybe it turns out that, like, in the Spy, Justin, for instance, Derrick Henry, if he's 40% in the Millie Maker... He may be 55% in the spy. So now he's maybe way overowned in the spy. So maybe mm-hmm. in the spy, that middle of the ground lineup, because it's a smaller field and the payout structure is a little bit flatter at the top, mm-hmm. that the Derrick Henry lineup from the Millie Maker, which we showed has a high standard deviation but is way profitable than the non Derrick Henry lineup, maybe in the spy it's the reverse. Yeah. Because it's only a 4,000 person field. And Derrick Henry being now even higher owned than what it is, you'd rather just not play. You'd, you maybe in the spy you don't find that many profitable Derrick Henry lines, as mm-hmm. opposed to the Millie Maker, which you go. It's such a large field. Yeah, but I mean Derrick Henry's over owned, but not not as egregiously over owned. Like like he's still the highest projected running back. He's still I mean he's still the highest probability play. So. Yeah. But that's the difference between the contest. But without doing contest-based simulations, you're comparing it to some nut lineup that mm-hmm. even for the Millie Maker, you don't even need. Right. For Showdown, you need it. For sure. Right. For Showdown, you absolutely need it. Yes. 
And so that's where I think uh, is a really cool use case for this. And I, I think obviously, I think the optimal lineup as a as a figure as a variable has some. It has value. No, I'm not saying it doesn't have value. value. Yeah, but, but has depend, value. If, if if you're pl- if you're playing the Thunderdome, who cares? Mm-hmm. When like you're looking, right. you should be looking. What I think what you're what what you should be looking at that number in relation to other players, and not as some hard like nine. If it says nine percent. It's like, well, if if one if one player says ten percent, the other player says five percent. All you have to know is that it's two times exactly. the actual numbered. Like you're never going to need the nut lineup. And right. then for the Millie Maker versus the Spy, you would rather play more players that are towards the the top end of that. And a a, a guy that only appears in the nut lineup point two percent of the time may mm-hmm. be viable in a in a kind of chalky Millie Maker lineup. But like right. you don't even, that that guy is not even necessary in this. Like, don't even bother. Exactly. Yeah, just go ahead and knock that guy out of the entire player pool and and don't worry about him anymore. But yeah, so showdown, uh, I think is very interesting, and that's where I think people could really play around. I, I would hope you would want to play around with the essentially the game script, like the default game script, and and see what happens in certain things, and be like, listen, I'm going to create 20 lineups tonight. And this is the Chiefs blow out the Texans and, you know, and and the game looks kind of like this. And so if that script happens, then these are the 20 best lineups according to that script. And so we'll we'll simulate out that slate, which is a one game slate, you know, 10,000 times. And we're going to create 10,000 optimal lineups and we're going to hand them over to you and we're going to sort them for you in order of frequency. So if you know, lineup number one appears 175 times out of 10,000, then you know you've got, you know, 1.75% likelihood of hitting the nut lineup with by playing that one, if you're, if whatever your assumptions are hold up. So to me, that's a pretty cool thing. Like you can, that's getting close to being able to measure EV for showdown. Not necessarily. Because you got a factory in dupes. And, and, yeah, that's what I want. Now, here we go with the nut. And there's another tool that you should be making. Do yeah, the same exact thing that you just said. Now, do I want to pl- If that lineup wins, is the nut lineup 1.7%, 75% of the time, but on average per contest is duplicated 100, you know, 217 times, the pay, yeah. what's the number right. I get? So, like, I, I want to know the duplication factor. So, a lot. I don't want to play, like, maybe I can make it, you do the 10,000 simulations, and I only want to pull out the lineups that are the highest, that are, because now you have to run ownership, and yep. go any lineup that is duplicated less than 10 times. Yeah. Or calculate the EV, because it could be that a lineup that is that is duplicated 100 times just wins so much more often. Exactly, yes. That, that you, you actually make a small profit playing it, even though when you do win, you win like thirteen hundred dollars, splitting it with like two hundred people. Right. But it still it still ends up being a profitable lineup. But there. But we both know that most of those types of lineups are actually unprofitable lineups. Exactly, because it's not you and you know forty five friends. It's you and forty five hundred friends that all happen to play that one lineup. So if if you look at a showdown lineup, short rule of thumb: if you look at a showdown lineup and like it you've got a terrible showdown line. So, so yeah, what I was doing last year is I'd get this little report, right. With, uh, you know, captain and flex one, flex two, flex three, flex four, flex five, 
salary. Um, and, and what I would do is I create a, essentially a shorthand Duke predictor um, myself. And it's, it's some sort of combination of, okay, how much salary was left on the table? That's going to weed out, obviously, quite a few people if it's more than three to $400, $500, and, and exponentially more if it's more than $1,000. Um, how many players from each team were there? If it's a 3-3 construction, you might want to go back to the drawing board. If it's 5-1, you may have something unique, that sort of thing. Did you do something chalky like uh, you know, match a quarterback with his pass catcher because there goes a little bit of uh, – things everybody else was thinking about too. So essentially you go through all these checklists of things and you're like, okay, well, I just eliminated all the really good lineups, you know, but uh, that's the, that's kind of the idea to be plus EV and showdown. It's, it's not horribly dissimilar from a dice roll. And uh, you, you've got to be a little bit more comfortable being uncomfortable. Like you should look at your spy lineup and be like, okay, I can see how this hits. You should look at your showdown and be like, okay, it's going to take a weird game for this to hit, but that's that's what we're looking for, weird games. Right, chaos. Yeah, chaos theory. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I do that type of stuff by doing a, a multiply ownership product and a, cor- and a correlation <laughs> number because, obviously, you know, quarterback, wide receiver are paired together. Right. Two running backs to, on the same team are never, are rarely ever, yep. like, and you could come up with a you could come up with a number. I could do that in Excel. Like mm-hmm. I said, not completely accurate, but directionally accurate enough. And then, right. then you multiply it by the by the by the contest size. Exactly. And then you could just like estimate like this lineup is uh, on average going to be duped four times, right? It may end right. up being a unique. It actually may end up being a unique. Right. Or it, or it could be duplicated fourteen times. Right. But I mean, it's something. It's a, basically it's a way for me to not to see. Oh my God, this lineup is like seventy-two. It's like that's the worst when you open it up and you start checking against your your friends in the tournament, and uh, you realize that that one lineup that you thought would have been very unique is now duped by eight other people in a smaller field contest. That's the way I felt when. Uh, oh gosh, it was uh, the Super Bowl. I played higher stakes that week, and. Uh, I would say like a hundred person contest. And I thought I had a really interesting construction that had a really good floor and a, a pretty good ceiling. And so while I have not described a, a tremendously positive EV lineup, which is another regret, the biggest regret I have is I opened it up and like 15 out of the 100 had my lineup and I was like, Oh gosh, this was a, this is a stone disaster because now there's no way I have, I have no path towards positive EV now that this is the information. So like every time the information changes, you have a different understanding as to whether you're plus EV or not. I thought I was plus EV when I entered the contest and quickly realized I was not right. Like most people, most people, you know, don't understand that. Like when I play MMA, which is very similar to showdown because there's only Mm -hmm. so many options. Yeah. Uh, for the large field stuff, especially that like I, I, I'm, I, I get either, I'm either happy or sad before the first fight even starts. As soon as the lock. Yeah. Right. As soon as, soon as, as lock, lock hits, uh, download the CSV, put it into Excel, go how many dupes. And, yep. and the, the only reason that I'd be off on dupes is because I'd be off on ownership. I mean, that, 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 that's all, that's all of really what it comes down to. It's, it's, if, if I'm, if I'm reasonably accurate on ownership, like, I could. That's why I could look at the own. All you have to do is show me the ownership, mm-hmm. and I could tell whether or not 
how many of my lineups are unique or close to unique or under 10. Because it's like, well, okay, the guy that I projected to be 22% owned in showdown is 24% owned. It's like, is that going to make that much of a difference? But sometimes it's like, oh, this guy's an under, I'm projecting like a fourth wide receiver to be like four and a half percent owned. And then he ends up being 12% owned. And it's like, damn, this killed like half my fucking lineups. Right. Like it, exactly. it, got, it didn't kill it. It's just that these lineups went from being anywhere from one to four as, as, as how many to now being like 20 to 42. And it's yeah, like, it's now like, I have a third of my lineups that are like tied 40 ways. You think about sitting down at a blackjack table and your EV, as soon as you pl- place the chips in front of you, is what, like minus 3% or something, give or take there? No, no. And uh, then, one, one, 1.2, one, if you play perfect I'm basic sorry. strategy. Perfect. Okay, there you go. One to two percent. And then after that first card is flipped over in front of you, the EV changes there, you know? it Dramatically, right, you yeah. If the, the, the dealer has a made. six showing, like, you're good. Yeah, exactly. Six showing versus an eight showing, we got completely different, you know, expectations at that point. And then the second card comes, and it changes everything all over again. Dealer shows her card, uh, and, and you got a different expectation there. And so... I think that's very similar when we're talking about lock. It's like you, that's half the game is understanding the the ownership implications of the decisions you're making because we're guessing on ownership and we're guessing on projections. And we've got to, you know, if we're way off on the ownership, then even if we nailed the projections, like uh, we've made we've made suboptimal decisions because we made faulty assumptions about what everybody else was doing. And this is a game of relative points. Right. Which is, but that's, but that's my, but that's my approach. Mm-hmm. But you see, but you see so many people that talk not incorrectly. Like we have the whistles go woo, right? He's the new hot guy in the scene, right? That's right. Good right. for him. Uh, he's pro- mostly, pro- most, most sharper players, high volume players are projections based. Mm-hmm. Are, I'm, they build their own. They, I mean, like I heard on Lulz that, that David doesn't, incorporate like any game theory ownership element he has maybe he said he has a module or something mm-hmm. that that he could incorporate but most of the time it's just like i'm just gonna make my projections one percent two percent better than yours and just i'm gonna dump in fifty thousand dollars and give give me seven percent like right. that type of mentality which which is which is great which is fine if you have a money machine like that but the law with a extremely large bankroll with an extremely large sample size, right? Because you're playing every, you have to max out every slate every, to, yeah. to realize enough real money in that advantage. You have to play every, and I mean, you have to play. the stakes go up. Right. But still, even if you do have that advantage, mm-hmm. like to realize that you, 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 need, a, you need a large bank, you, you're going to go through swings, right? Yeah. That's it's the natural variance. But if you're not in that position to realize your skill from the projections, mm-hmm. And in order to realize that skill, you need to have better. Like, like we're not just saying, oh, well, they're different projections. No, they need to be better. So I need, so I need to think in my head: Am I, am I going to beat Osimo's projections? Am I going, right. am I going to beat Whistle Goes Woo's projections? Am I going to beat Bob Brick's projections? I, I can't see that. I like, am I going to beat Joe Schmo's projections that he's coming up with in his head? Yeah, uh, yes. I, I can build a model that beats that. Yes, <laughs> I could absolutely do that. I could probably, in my head, I could beat that probably. Right. Uh, but at the highest level, am I ever going to get an edge on project? Like, is is that, is that a faulty way of thinking? Like, well, you know what? You, when you mentioned 
you need better projections, not just different projections. I don't know. Maybe just having different projections is enough of an edge. No, but no, 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 no. You, that, different projections. It's like it's like you're gonna luck box your way into. Yeah, but some that's GTA but that's not lineups. that's not a winning strategy. What what you're describing is that I'm gonna naturally get leverage because my projections are worse. Right. And then luck into <laughs> like yeah, obviously you could do that, but if you if you simulated it out. 100,000 right. times, you may still be a grossly unprofitable player. You may get lucky yeah. on one slate like that. So I, to, me, I, I, to me, I make my living on playing less entries and relying on public projections and just where, where, where is the inefficiencies in the market? And that's, and that's why it, the, biggest, the, the biggest conundrum to me, Justin, is, is, the, is the contest selection. Yeah. It, 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 if I, any time that I, I spend a little bit more time and simulate contests, like I, 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 the way that I do it, I would need fucking days because uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's not good. I'm, I'm not that great in Excel. Uh, uh, it always comes down to if I take CSVs from the high stakes, if I took the CSV in football from the spy and then the $9 slant, or in baseball, the 777 on DraftKings or whatever it is, and the and the 20 max or the six dollar swing for the fences, and I just take the lineups that I would build for each type of contest and ran out the simulation. I'm three times more profitable simulated in the in the in the large field contest, even though my standard deviation is ridiculous, and and it just comes down to like if I'm going to play in the higher stakes. I have to rely less on like it's kind of it's it's the it's it's the paradox. Mm-hmm. When I play when I play low stakes, when I play the large field stuff, the the the, the ownership actually gets less efficient with the better plays. Like right. like 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 we said before, Derrick Henry could be overowned in the nine dollar slant and still be the best running back play because it, it, all the other running backs are over. Like like he projects right. so far better than everyone else that. He should be 26% owned and he's going to be 30% owned. But it's right. still that 4% difference. Even if you yeah. took that away, he's still the best projected. Like relatively, he's still, he's still the best play in your right. lineup. But once you go up to the spy and he's 48% owned, now he's easily yeah, not. Right. right. But, but since because most of the high, most of the high volume players are playing projection based, I'm going to have the most accurate projections mm-hmm. to me. In the in the in the smaller field in the in the smaller stakes bigger field stuff, I'm much more inclined to that. This is the weird way of how I always put it. I'm more inclined to be contrarian in small field contests than in large field contests. It's just that the way that you're contrarian is going to be different. So in the in the slant, a lot of my lineups, if you look at them, when I play a hundred into the slant, they don't look ridiculously ridiculously contrarian. Yeah, they're contrarian in certain elements. But it's like, no, but I'm playing a three plus one, right? I'm playing a run. Like the correlation yeah. of the play, like I'm playing, none of these players are, are, are single digit owned in my entire lineup. Yet the combination right. has a high ceiling and is unique because right. not enough people are playing three plus ones. Not enough people are correlating. Not enough people are making these types of builds. Yet in the high stakes, they are making those builds and they are basing it on projections. So now... The, the top projected guys start getting even more owned. So even though I'm going to win less often, it makes even more of a sense for me to just like X out three guys 
and then build whatever whatever the best projected you know stack from there that has the best ceiling, 80th percentile outcome, because it's easier to exploit. Because I'm playing against people that are are playing two percent better projections than what I have. Right. But, you know, but is it that is it that much of a difference that in a in a four thousand person field, four hundred person field? Right. Like like to me that's the ex to me, I mean Eric me and Eric talk about it all the time. To me, exactly. that's the exploit in higher stakes contests is that the that most of those really players are not paying attention back. enough that and make I, I think DFS gets solved, solved, mm-hmm. quote unquote, when there's more efficient ways, automated efficient ways to build lineups based on contest. Right. Right. Because I think the main reason why someone like Alex doesn't do it as much is because they're just building up. Oh, well, I'm going to build a 150 set and my top projected lineup is going into that contest and my top 20 goes into there because to, because when you're playing all the slates on all the sites to now, now itemize it down by contest just doesn't become, if you're making a five to 7% return on average, 4%, whatever on millions of dollars worth of volume, mm-hmm. why fuck with it? Right. Exactly. You're still, you're still right. <laughs> Empire maker could put his one lineup into everything and still make money. Me, I'm trying to exploit it by going, well, I'm going to play this type of lineup into that contest and this type of lineup into, and I'm optimizing for the contest type, but I'm only doing it because I'm playing less lineups and less slates and less sites. Mm-hmm. When I end up playing, when I, when I play multiple, like when I'm playing baseball and I try to play a hunt, you know, multi, do, try to do that on multiple sites, mm-hmm. I end up deferring back to uh, the 121 single entry on DraftKings. It's just uh, whatever my top lineup projected is, is going to be, now, yeah. all the lineups are built for the large field, so I know I have enough leverage for the small field, but I'm not specific. Maybe that's not a good lineup for that contest. Maybe the fourth lineup is a better, but it doesn't project as well. So it's like I get stuck in that, that paradox. But I'm, I'm hoping in Run the Sims 2.0 <laughs> for you to solve that. I just want to pay you to do it for me. Give me the tool that allows me to do it so I don't have to fuck around in fucking Excel. Or have yeah. to learn R or some bullshit. <laughs> no, I think that's a, a really good idea. And you mentioned stacking earlier and that being optimal, obviously, in the in the slant. And uh, would would obviously agree with that. What's interesting, if you look at nut lineups, which obviously is not the, the goal. Here, nut lineups, a lot of times nut lineups have no stacks in it. No stack, right, right. exactly. It's going to be the, the quarterback. He spread it out a lot. And uh, sure, his guys did good, but somebody else did better because – there's a crap ton of wide receivers on the player pool, right? So, uh, yeah, uh, I was hoping to be able to extract some stuff for stacks, but it's like there's not a lot there if we're looking at, at optimals, which I think is pretty, pretty interesting. A good point to remember, like, the, the whole idea of stack is, you know, especially like a, a three plus one, you're, you're giving up a little bit of upside there. Like, you could probably play two better wide receivers independently of one another, but the correlation is just well worth it. Right, and, and in, in the smaller field contest, you actually want to be more correlated. You want you want to be right. you want to limit because you don't need the nut lineup. You just right. need, you just you want to get maybe two or three things right, and if those two or three things are right and they hit their 80th percentile, you win first place out of 500 people, right? Exactly. And then in a in a hundred thousand person contest, it's almost like whoever's the highest scoring tight end, you're going to need them. Whoever's the highest scoring wide receiver, you're going to need no matter what happened in the game. You're probably gonna you're probably gonna need 
some random dude that he was the he put up 38 points and no one else in the game had a good game. So right. if you stacked that game, you didn't win, but you needed you needed yeah. Corey Davis, right? You needed right. like that one that one guy, the third receiver, right? That and and it has to be owned enough, right? The one point four percent owned this guy. Yep. That put up such an outlier. Uh but that's why the nut lineup do, do you think people are gonna get confused that don't understand that that if they want to make the nut lineup that if they're if they're not playing the right contest size, then then who can Yeah, they, the nut lineup's not necessarily the goal. So that's yeah, it's kind of a teaching point for sure. Yeah. I do have a question for you that's not super related to what we've talked about so far, but it's related to cash games. Um, when you're talking about, let's just say, the best player in the world in NFL cash games and compare them to you know, somebody who does you know, really well at the lower stakes, they're a you know, plus 7% ROI cash game player. What would you set the line at if those – if those two players could play against one another 10,000 times, you know, a large enough sample where you'd, you'd find out. So, 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 okay. So who are the two players? Uh, the, I'm not exactly. So, so, makers, you're your number one cash guy. I don't, I, not necessarily that. I don't Not necessarily oh, agree oh, with okay. that. I'm Do just, you have a different recommendation? No, I don't care who the player, no, but what you're describing is a 7% ROI low stakes cash player. Yeah, versus a high, a high stakes cash play versus a profitable exactly. high stakes cash play. What was a fair line for that? Well, I think seven percent is quite low for the low stakes. Okay, like Make just just sense. to put things into perspective, at the lowest stakes, which I can't okay. play on DraftKings anymore, my 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 cash double ups head to heads was somewhere between twelve and fourteen percent. Okay, Let, let's use that then. Let's say let's say it's Jordan then. Well, okay. What's Jordan versus Empire Maker? I would set the line at Empire Maker probably minus one hundred three. So pretty close to a coin flip. He's right, but it would be it would be close enough that the rake would eat anything that we did. Gotcha. I was super intrigued when he was was it last year or two years ago. I can't remember when he was offering plus one hundred ten to anybody. Like essentially, he was going to pay the DraftKings rake on that. Right. And I, I, like, I would. I would. Then I would play him. You'd play him at plus one hundred ten. Yeah, I'd play him at plus one hundred ten. It essentially, I mean, it essentially end up being a. I mean, would it be see the quest? The question would come in for the sample size. Would it be worth the variance? It wouldn't, right? Because the variance would be ridiculous. Right. You you wouldn't of uh, sixteen slates or whatever. Right. You, it it yeah. still would be ridiculous. Right. You you give you give me you give me that against someone that's way worse than that. Then I don't mind. I don't mind the var like like when the variance. We're talking about such a razor thin edge. In order to realize that edge, right. we have to play like thousands of times so why and especially if you're going to play high stakes like why would i risk five thousand dollars a slate yeah, sure on on a on a very small he's paying the rake and i have a small edge and good luck realizing that in 17 weeks i mean like what would what, right. the, it would be a risk management issue with me not a not an ev issue not an ev issue management. right i'm with you there um because i was like that's actually a pretty good offer you know for a lot of people i would think uh to take plus 110 from an ev perspective but from a risk perspective uh obviously you've got to have a pretty good size bankroll to be able to swing something like that right i mean but but that's but, but to me that's that's the those are the two things that i'm i'm aiming that i'm willing to sacrifice EV for lower risk if it's proportionally right. better for me, which is the main reason why I may not play as many lineups. I may play much smaller percentage of my bankroll because like I could I could run simulations out on these on 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 my results and go, damn, this year could have gone this way or that way, and they both would have been 
within one standard deviation. I'm like, mm -hmm. I, like I, I don't, I don't, I don't. I, it, it's like I think I'm a good player. I mean, it 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 make right. the math makes you question on even if you're a good player. Because yeah. the, the range of outcomes is so wide. I, I, I put my contests through, like, I could go last year and put my content and simulate it all out uh, to some extent, uh, not the most accurate extent, but to some extent, and go, mm -hmm. well, based on this, uh, I, my, within one standard deviation, right, within, within that 68% middle range, mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I either, I could have been down uh, I could have been up uh, $480,000 or down $140,000. And mm -hmm. that would have been within, that would have been within, that's within normal. And what, what, that's a half a million dollar <laughs> range <laughs> within a statistically significant sample size. Yeah. And I go, well, what did I, what did I actually make? Well, I made mm -hmm. 26,000. It's like, like uh, is that the median? Is that, is that like, but I could right. the same exact lineups in the same contest could have been in either direction, and then I look and I go the year before, and it comes out to some. It, I played less volume, I less whatever. Now it's a now it's a quarter of a million dollar range. Right. And then you go through that and you go within one standard deviation. I go back six years of me playing, and it's like playing the same exact way. I could be up a one point five million dollars, or down a half a million dollars. And that would have both been within some type of expected range. And right. it's like, if I told you that I'm six years in and I'm down a half a million dollars, you'd be like, why the fuck are you listening to that guy? <laughs> right? But it, it, statistically, that I could play the same exact way and that could have happened. So, exactly. so that's, what, that's, that's what that conundrum happens to me where I simulate, I, I, I go through all these sims and I look at CSVs and I go, some of these lineups are so close to one another that it just... The coin flip on who, which lineup is going to, it's in 6v6, and they mm -hmm. both have the same, ex, similar expected value. It just matters on what's going to happen today. Exactly. And then it's just a matter of, oh, well, I play for six years, 300 days a year, 1,800 days. If I do that coin flip all that many times, like, how much money do I have at the end? Well, I could be, I could be massively unprofitable. I could still yeah. be massively unprofitable. Well, and, I, and, and the worst the worst thing that could happen to a bad player is to get lucky early and to think that you're good. And then you and that, find out that you're You know how many times that happens a lot. I know it does. I, I've seen that happen at casinos and sports books and DFS alike. Uh, you get a little bit hot early and then you're, uh, you, you get overconfident and uh, it, it can absolutely swing everything because you'll look at your lifetime winnings. You, you hit the Millie maker like the eighth week you ever played DFS and you're going to think that you're a god. Right. You know? You're set. You win the Millie Maker. One. The Millie Maker is the it's most negative EV contest there is until you win it. Exactly. Right. So, but, so the key is just win it. Right. Just just, just, just bink it. Just who cares? Just, just do right. it. <laughs> but, the, but that's the main point. But, but thinking in those terms of how you could still be, you could still play for six years plus EV lineups. Now, obviously, the larger the sample size goes on and on, the more likely that you're going to be profitable. That's the, the law of large numbers. But that's why, to me, it's the most important to figure out whether or not your lineup is plus EV or not in comparison to other lineups in the right. contest and why a tool that simulates the contest that would be publicly available to people would would be, would be, would be the, to me, would be, 
the tool of tool would be that would be the thing. We'll stop DFS content once that comes out. No, the, no. The, well, the problem is that ninety-five percent of people wouldn't wouldn't fucking use it. Still wouldn't use right, it. Right, right. That, see, that's <laughs> the thing that I rely on—the fact that ninety-five percent of people. And, and then people would be duping with each other on those simulated lineups, and right. now you have a whole new problem. <laughs> right. No, because now now you could get leverage off of the off the simulated <laughs> line. Because now you're looking. It's like, oh, people are going to be playing these these uh, these dollar uh, sixty-four. Plus yeah. EV five X uh, standard deviation lineups that like come in once in a blue moon, and I'm just gonna jam the one point you know the dollar twenty range that people aren't playing with the slower until they learn how to balance that, and right. then you go the other direction, right? So really, it comes down to as long as the, as long as the market does not efficiently do what you know the, the, that equilibrium that why well, yeah. if you want to call it the Nash equilibrium. As long as people, as long as the market is off of that, there's always going to be there's always going to be arbitrage opportunities. The question comes yeah. in in DFS though is how long do you have to play to realize it? Exactly. Right. That to me right. that that's that's if if we could just if if we could just play ten thousand slates a day, maybe we'll have a sample size. Right. Right. Then now now, would, now if we can play this MLB slate tonight like ten thousand times. And I could just build lineups and just replay it ten thousand times. That I'd be wildly profitable because then it'd just be easy at that point. Exactly. So maybe DraftKings will start doing uh, more of these Madden slates, and we can actually get ten thousand contests a day going. <laughs> can, <laughs> can we do it for the Madden Sims? I uh, what my stuff? Uh, I don't do, yeah. So. Do you, yeah. Do you do the video game Sims? No, I don't do no Sim projections. How, so. how about all the other sports? Oh, so we're focusing just on football right now, but I actually wanted to ask you, what what sport do you think makes sense for sport two for Run the Sims? Uh, well, I think it's more important that you make the tool that I'm that I'm suggesting. Okay, so we'll do that first, and right. then we'll expand to sport two. I, I've got one in my head, but uh, where do you think simulation would be the most powerful? If you're going to do play-by-play? Uh, yeah, or whatever the equivalent is for that particular sport. I would probably say baseball. Yeah, uh, I think I think, I think, ba- do... I think basketball is the is the least. Yeah, basketball's least, and the the information so last second too. I don't know. You'd have a really tough time uh, keeping it up to date and accurate. And uh, but baseball definitely seems to make sense. I think Hockey. MMA MMA would be a lot of fun too because the the fights are obviously um, they're kind of binary in the way they work. You. You could start by essentially simulating the winner, the round, and the type, right? So, and then backfill that simulation up with you know some randomized amount of uh, you know points based on styles and that sort of thing. Golf would be useful for that also. Basically, the not the 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 higher variant sports because the the the, obviously, like you said, very in the very beginning, people are building lineups even when they're using content and tools too much based around medians mm-hmm. and not based around outlier, you know, the, the 20th and 80th percentile ranges. And mm-hmm. the thing is, and someone asked me even last week in the MMA discord on Roto grinders on that, they, the same type of mentality that I, I do during the pregame show of like, how much projection are you willing to give up for X amount of ownership, which makes sense in, in that type of sport, but in MMA, who cares about the median? No one's hitting these medians. They're like, no. like, like the median is like no. These aren't normal. Di- like MMA fighters don't have normal distributions. Right. Like it's the most obvious thing to see that they can't it's possibly have normal. 
normal distributions right. because because if some so guy gets beat in the first round, you're dead. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. They're like binomial. They're like humps, two humps type exactly. of thing. Uh, PGA is the same way. In, in, in full field cut events, like you'll see median projections, 68. When does this guy hit? If he misses the cut, he has 24. If he makes the right. cut, he has 92. I mean, like, like right. to me, that would the simulations would be much more beneficial. But obviously in golf, you have no benefit of like correlation, really. People have tried to do correlations, but truthfully, I think it's a lot of noise. Yeah. Oh, long hitters, they go on tee times, like maybe for the weather, maybe. Uh, but yeah, but it, to run simulations like that. But I still think for all the sports, running the contest-based simulations mm -hmm. are, are more valuable. I mean, because you don't even have to do the projections. You could just say, we don't have any projections. Just upload your own projections. And you do the. You don't have to do play by play. You do the just Monte Carlo it. Right. It's not not definitely not as complicated as play by play simulation. And then just here's a tool, and then there you go. And you put in your own ownership. You could build your own ownership. You maybe because uh, some uh, sites now, uh, some optimizers allow you to aggregate projections. So maybe right. maybe instead of of oh, upload your own projections, it's like well I'm going to upload five sets of projections. And you give me an aggregate and let me simulate it that out, mm -hmm. right? And maybe you weigh certain projections better than I just see so many, so many ways that you could you could add to this tool that you're the main the main to me, the main selling point. I know it's nerdy. I know it I know it doesn't it it's one of those things that for ninety-five percent of the audience isn't a selling point until mm -hmm. it becomes a, until they understand why it's so valuable. Right is is the fact that you that you in Go, you could run ten thousand sims of whatever on on AWS for anything like like to me to me to me that's like that's I, I want I want I want that I want to be and then you give me the option you get five different sports four different sites and next thing you know you it's run essentially it's run the sims just right like it's a site where you go to run the sims and they're do whatever you want with it. Just here you go. Run the Sims. Mm -hmm. No, I like that. I think that's I think that's really cool to to be able to put a raw number in terms of EV. I think uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in that. We we're going to ever have think a, of this? A, am I am I just kind of like am I am I just saying things that you didn't even think of or anything? Well, no, it's a matter of like prioritization. I know, like, I, I know, I know, because you're doing a lot of other stuff with the site as well. You have different tools and stuff yeah. up there. So, so we're trying to perfect the simulation process of the slate. And that means, you know, really honing in on the inputs, really honing in on that process, really. And we're taking that, like, we, we run the data, you know, once, and then we can create so many different ut you know, utilities off of that same data. And, and when I say run it once, we're obviously going to run it again and again and again later, but you know, one one set at a time. And so there's no shortage of things that we're still trying to figure out how to slice up and and present in a in a new way. Like I mean, you think about uh, passing yardage props. Like I've got passing yards on every player for ten thousand simulations. You get minus one ten on uh, Daniel Jones over under two hundred twenty passing yards. I, I, I can tell you in our simulations at least. He hits the over, you know, 61% of the time, smash it. So, um, do you, you do know, you have an overlay of that? Uh, I know you have like a, a parlay odds. I, I see some betting stuff on here. 
Yeah, it's it's not launched yet, so it'll launch August fifteenth. But that's uh, it's a pretty cool tool. Right, I see the hedge bet calculator, middle calculator, odds calculator. Mm -hmm. Do, would you have uh, 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 an import from the books? That's that's what we're hoping to get added before the before the due date. So um, so, so it will it will show the results of the simulations and then be able. It currently exists where you can manually key, you know, type in the player name, type in the line, type in the juice, mm -hmm. and and then we'll pull the data and and you'll see a distribution curve and we'll color it red and green for the over and the under based on where the where the value lies. Right now, I wanted it to be even more automated. I know you do, George. Pull, pull, I, I pull in all, pull in all the that. odds. Can I, can I get one thing solved at a time? No, you have to get everything Please. solved. I, I just released a site seven days ago, and I already had to make four updates for Jordan. Right. Well, the, the betting stuff you don't need to do. I, I'm not going to do that. Because <laughs> once you start hammering these fucking, these fucking prop bets, they're going to fucking kill you. So what, what, it doesn't matter anymore. Like, anyone that thinks they're going to make a ton of money on prop betting is, is sorely mistaken. Uh I think there's ways to stay off the radar a little bit. But, not for uh, enough money. It's not enough money. Well, I'm also hopeful that prop betting will actually become more liquid and less open towards uh, you know, less just the pure marketing arm. Like there, There's no reason if, if everybody's super into fantasy football, for example, and wants to bet props, that those wouldn't eventually become liquid markets and efficient markets, right? You would think so, but that uh, that – relies on the technology back end of these companies that want to make them efficient. Right. So anyway, but yeah, I mean, there's no reason to not hammer them while you can. For yeah, sure. but it's for beer money. I mean, if you, if you start, you're not going to be able to get money down. Some if you people get like money down, you're going to get fucking limited. <laughs> Some people like beer. Right. Well, which is fine. But I think the expect, I, I, a better way to put it, Justin, is that the expectation that people give out Shouldn't be mm -hmm. that, oh, you can make tons of, because a lot of these lines are fucking inefficient as hell. I mean, like they're, right. they're, they're really, they're really bad. And you could really have, you could, you could hammer them. It's just a matter of when, when, when do you get limited? I mean, when, when do you get limited? And even disguise, like disguising your play isn't worth the raw money. Like right. there's a different, like if you want to put down thousand dollars, thousand plus dollars on sides and totals, closing lines. And look like uh, look like a square, that's fine. But I mean, you're bleeding money in order to get what a hundred dollar yeah, bet down on some some like four percent expected value fucking prop. I mean, like it just the raw money. If you could get five thousand dollars down, sure, but you're not going to be able to. So like, like to me, like even that cat and mouse game, like isn't. I mean, obviously I'm in Kentucky, so I can't even legally. Bet on the legal, but, but same here in North Carolina. But I do think um, you know you can obviously shop around at books. There's you know, you're you're going to try to find spots. You get banned at one, well, fine, that's one off the list, and you know, keep going to the rest. But there's no reason not to. I wouldn't say if you're if you're if if you're if you're low stakes and playing for beer money, there's no reason not to. There's definitely reason not to if your if your plan is to play for is is to bet at higher stakes. What, if you're going to bet other stuff at higher stakes? Right. Yeah, okay. Right, but that, to me, that, to don't, me that's... Don't blow your chance to get in good at, at markets that are still beatable. But, um, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I don't really consider NFL sides to be very beatable. No, no, me neither. You. So, um, but I'm talking about in the future. I'm talking, like, like I don't want to bust my nut early and then have... <laughs> 
have no no accounts available to me. Yeah, right? none of us do. I don't think. Right. Well, I'm <laughs> waiting. But you know what I'm waiting for? I'm waiting for the peer to peer stuff. Yes. And yes. not the exchange. People think it's a, I, no. I'm talking about the peer. I'm talking about prop betting as a DFS lineup, right? As like that type. Of, you know, it's like put right. together your eight bet card. And you put in five bucks and whoever gets the highest, whatever score wins the Millie make, you know, it, it's still mm-hmm. the little amount of money to win a lot. Right. But like, cause a lot, cause you could, Oh, I'm going to bet on the giants minus minus one fifteen. Like that's wow. You get, I mean, it's, it's not, <laughs> that's why people bet on parlays. They beat on an, an eight leg parlay that has so much hold that I don't know why the fuck you mathematically should never be doing this. Right. Uh, but they want to turn a little bit amount of money into a lot of money. But and they also understand the the basic bets, and they don't want to have to know the scoring system of DFS, and they don't want to yeah. have to have salaries or anything. They're just like, can I just bet on eight things and compete against other people? It's like yeah. okay, because because once that comes in and the sites, the books take their you know ten percent rake or whatever out of it, then mm-hmm. it just comes down to, well, everyone everyone's taking this prop. Right? right. What's the direct leverage of this over? Yeah, I was say, now it's just game theory. It's DFS all over. Right. right. It's DFS all over. Right. Every, oh, uh, everyone's taking Justin Jefferson over 67 yards. That bet on a card is going to be 28% owned in this contest. Exactly. Right. <laughs> the under bet is going to be 4% owned. It's like, right. how often does this Actually. happen? And then you go, well, I get my leverage by playing the Justin Jefferson under. And then I correlate that with the, uh, you know, the, the, the defensive interception bet, right? You can, exactly. right? Because the, the, the Kirk Cousins under, you know, that, there, now we're talking. There you go. There you go. You yeah. said you really just want DFS, but from new people's money. Yeah, that, that pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want an easier version of, I want a DFS for the sports bettors <clears throat> that think DFS is too complicated. Uh huh. There you go. Because even That's... it could, it could even be like something like the Westgate comp. Like even, even yeah. if, it, even if it was something, like there's 14 games on this week and you just have to pick the winners. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't even matter what the lines are. Like obviously there's going to be dupes in a, in a large contest, but I mean, you could obviously project ownership for that hundred thousand entries. And this, the chiefs are a 17 point favorite. They're going to be in 68% of cards. And it's like, how often do they win versus their opponent? And then you come up with betting, you know, 14, a 14 legged, parlay that actually pays more based on what everyone else is playing. I mean, it's still the same thing. It's still game theory. DFS is just parlays in its own right. Right, kind of. Yeah. Right, same thing. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll add your four new products to the site as soon as possible, and then we'll launch this new uh, peer-to-peer uh, betting contest format. Right, yeah, but that's when you played all... Oh, so you have to also you have to make contests. We're, we're getting quite a list here. Right. But you have to admit what I'm saying with the sim- the contest simulations. Like, yeah, no, I love it. I love it. That should have been like the beginning. That should have been the first thing. That should have been the first thing. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I hope people that are listening to me that already do this are like, I hope he doesn't listen to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm ruining everything. <laughs> the, the, that will ruin DFS. No, it, it, as long as long as 95 percent of people don't do it. We'll have to put like a 5K price tag on something like that. Uh, do, you, do you think I wouldn't pay that? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm dead serious. I probably would. I got one subscriber already. Trusty, there you go. It paid. It pays for itself. I didn't even have to offer you a, a promo code. No, I'll, I'll use my promo code. Just pay. I'll just pay whatever you want. 
<laughs> there you go. Because that type of the thing that I'm describing obviously is extremely complicated to get to do right. without being that good at what that being that good at it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I'm I'm sh I'm sure what I'm I, I know because I know other people that do this. So uh, and I do it in some rudimentary way. Uh, but yeah, I'm 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 totally into uh, saving as much time as possible and just paying for something. Then yeah. It sounds like something machine learning would be tailor-made for. If you could get a machine to learn how people make lineups, because uh, that would do better than, you know, random. Can, can uh, it be any machine? Uh, <laughs> I got a popcorn machine. Can I teach it how to make lineups? Well, uh, there's only one way to find out, Jordan. Machine machine lineups, how, how good do they look? <laughs> popcorn machine lineups are a little all over the place, not going to lie. So what other machine? Sewing machine? Sewing machine. They go old uh, school. International business machine would probably be your best bet. I get, and you I, get Watson. Yeah, Watson. Watson or Alexa, one of the two, surely can figure it out. Is there is there a reason why Go goes so quicker than, than anything else? Uh, I wish I knew the answer to that. I, I really don't. It's um, it, it's extraordinarily powerful, though. Because I've never, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think, in, in I've ever heard anyone. I've never use, heard of it use until that about for, uh, use that six for this months purpose. ago. Yeah, never heard of it. No, no, I heard of I heard of the language. I'm just I, I never. I heard had of never it. heard of it until six months ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I can do it in Perl. I can do it. In, it. You know how long it would take to do it in Perl? It would be. It would be stupid. Like I, I don't know. Those are the languages I used to know. Like I'm. I'm a twenty. I. I. I feel it's like a, now. You're yourself, I think. Now, yeah, no, no. What I feel like now is what I felt twenty years ago when I met someone that did COBOL. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like, oh, I, oh, I have a COBOL program. It's like, we, are there still mainframes around? I guess so. Yeah. I guess, I guess COBOL is, I guess, useful. I guess. And now I'm mentioning stuff like Perl and ASP. I, I know nothing about any of the programs you just mentioned. Really? Web, web 1.0, like I, like the Netscape oh. Navigator days. Oh, yeah. It was definitely not doing any programming at that point. No, no, no. It was mostly <laughs> just JavaScript and Perl and. Like making banners change, right? Little clashing things. There you go. And yeah. Stuff like that. Uh, runthesims.com. People can sign up for free right now, right? Yeah, it's, it's completely free. and uh, Right now, it's encourage, completely free. Yeah, right now. And uh, it'll stay that way until we launch our premium tools. And the premium package uh, comes live August 15th. And if anybody goes ahead and signs up now, you'll join the Founders Club. That locks in your price annually for life. Uh, so the prices will go up. They'll go up 50 bucks, uh, on July 31st. So hop on in there. Well, it'll now. go, it'll go up to 5,000 at some point, right? 5,000 next year, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> when we, when we introduce our new, uh, print fest, uh, 3,000. Uh, so what, what is, okay. So there's free, so there's still going to be free stuff there. Yeah, Even free stuff there pay. all the time, uh, but the good stuff is paywall there. It's, What's the uh, free stuff? Tell me what the free stuff is. Yeah, man, let me tell you. Like, uh, you would not care about this at all. Uh, we, we have a projection builder up there right now for season-long projections. Uh, so if you're into season-long DFS and want to see snoring, uh, <laughs> if you're into season-long projections and want to update target shares and pace numbers and stuff like that and see what it does to different players, that's free. Uh, we've got a stats hub that's free. 
Um, we've got uh, online betting calculators. Those are always be free. So, so are our stats. And so uh, best ball rankings, season long rankings, downloadable projections, if you just want to skip to the to the answers of the test. So all that stuff's free. Anything you would need for season long, that's free right now. So, so your so, so your median so your median projections are free. So I could just download your projections. The season long projections. Oh, season long. Oh, not not the not the daily. Yeah, not the good stuff, man. Anything okay, so then, then what do you pay for? I also see you have a bankroll tracker also. Yeah, so uh, this will be similar to Roto Tracker. Um, in many ways, I'm trying to make sure we're not directly copying them because it, it's hard when we're trying to just produce the same type of information, right? Which is like a lifetime understanding of your wins and losses and where they come from. There's so many, so many tables to, to put them in. Um, and so, yeah, it'll basically be a uploadable format where you can throw in your DraftKings, FanDuel, CSVs, uh, super draft, fantasy draft, uh, even though that one's uh, defunct in Yahoo. So throw those all in there, CSVs, and you'll get some really fancy printouts of, uh, you know, your your lifetime earnings and stuff like that. So understand where you're winning, where you're losing, and tailor your play based on that. And so the premium NFL package is bundled up with the bankroll tracker for uh, $249 right now. And uh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go ahead and create a, a, a promo code uh, right now called uh, DFS. How about we do that? The promo code DFS will get you 50 bucks off that package. That's a good deal, right? That sounds fine to me. Yeah, promo okay, code when DFS. I join, can I get a one that gives me four thousand nine hundred and fifty dollars off? <laughs> <laughs> we'll look into that. I should owe you some sort of royalty for that uh, brilliant idea if we get that launched. No, there's no ro- royal, but this is what other people do. I'm not. There's no reason to give me anything. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. I, I just want what other the other sharp players have. I want. I want it and not have to exactly. fucking try to. And so, like, myself. that's a good point. This is this is what other sharp people are doing. If you if you heard lulls, I mean, Brian Hooper is doing this, uh, or some variation very close to it for what he's doing. And so, uh, granted, he has his own layer on top of that process too. But um, you, you know, the the people who are doing this for a living are implementing some form of simulation. And to me, that's uh, that's kind of the the next the next big obstacle to to tangle with, right? What's this rangefinder player comparison to? Okay, you you'll love this one, Jordan. You stuck now, on. I, now I think I know what this is. It, I I think I saw the description. Is this what I use when people ask me questions about two v twos? Yes, exactly. This and is all two- it does is add the two medians together and just tell me which one's higher. No, no, no. So what it'll look like is uh, imagine. Side one and side two here. Um, and side one is Aaron Rodgers plus Devontae Adams. Side two is Patrick Holmes plus Tyreek Hill because you have a ton of money to spend for whatever reason. And uh, you, you'll get a distribution curve of each of those sides laid over one another and a win rate associated with those two sides. So you'll see uh, the Mahomes Hill side wins uh, 57% of the time and the Adams Rodgers side. To- in total points. And total DraftKings points, right. you know, or, or whatever site you choose to implement the scoring of. So um, this this could help you, obviously, in season-long fantasy as well. Just plug those people in with your scoring format. Um, but but obviously super helpful for DFS. Right. And, and you but, 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 but most likely, the, the, are, most of these distributions are going to be fairly normal, right? Somewhat, yeah. But most of the time, they are going to be relatively normal. Uh, where it gets a little interesting is where you'd have like one stacked combo versus one unstacked combo. That's kind of interesting too. 
Um, so this is not just this is not just plain two v like if it's two unrelated players mm-hmm. to each other versus two unrelated players to each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, other than maybe a small, very small marginal percentage, the the high the two that at the sum of the two medians are going to be show that's the higher good, win. Yeah, that's a good percent, shorthand for sure. Yeah. But it could help you uh, ultimately make a leverage decision too, right? So, right. Um, yeah, if if it's fifty seven forty three, but we think the ownership is crazily in favor of the fifty seven side, then we will fade that high ownership and take our forty three percent chance on the other side, right? So, um, yeah, but that's it's two v twos, one v ones, nine v nines. Like if you're um, if you want to put in your nine player cash lineup and say, well, like, uh, you know, the Roto Grinders optimal is this. Yeah, you know, I, I would expect that to be a relatively popular cash lineup, you know, maybe. Oh, so you could do, uh, oh, so it's not just two v twos. You could do like nine, you could do the whole lineups. Do nine v nines, yeah. How about that? And is this based on your, can, is this based on whatever sim, okay, here, here's a question. Keep on going with the, all the options. Uh, can I save simulations? Can you say so? Similar? So, for instance, this is what I'm I'm asking. Like for this nine v nine, for the cash mm-hmm. liner, for instance, you're building a cash and you're trying to see which wins more often based on ten thousand simulations of yes. whatever the target share, whatever that you got on your site. Now, yes. let's say I change. What happens if I change all the target shares and I make another ten thousand simulations? That, that's not coming with you to the range finder. You're going to have to be leaning on my stuff. Uh, oh, okay, the so the range finder is not based on my custom. Simulation exactly. only based on yours. Not yet, at least. Okay. Um, it's just, Add that it's, to your list. You got another thing five. to your list. I've got a five and a whole new uh, program to launch. Yep. <sighs> but you understand why? Uh, you understand awesome. why I asked? Am I asking <laughs> yeah, too many questions? That's a, that's a pretty cool tool, right? Yeah. No, no. If you could do it right, sure. Oh gosh. I'm I'm picky. Uh, no, no kidding. Jeez. <laughs> no, because why? Because here's the question: Why? Why do I care about p- comparing players to each other if I put in my own projections? Well, then if it doesn't work, then what the fuck's the point? Well, you just told me a minute ago you don't want to put in your own projections. No, but I, I'm not saying I put in my own. I'm putting in some other site's projections or some other person. Why you don't trust me, Jordan? We, we're supposed I don't know. to trust I don't know. Should I trust you? I'm asking you for money. We, we obviously have some some trust. Do, should I trust you? Hmm. Yeah, what so I, I want to aggregate. I want to aggregate yours with five others and then upload that. This has been the theory of daily fantasy sports. <laughs> <host> Jordan Cooper. <laughs> I, do, do, do you think I'm, what I'm asking for is obviously the stuff that I'm asking for is stuff that like sharp players do, but not necessarily yeah, everyone no does. Exactly. So exactly. it's like, yeah, so you're, we're, you're we're joking around that I'm asking for so much shit. We're, we're going to build for the ninety-five percent first, and then we're going to build for the remaining five. Oh, I want to! I want to make the money off the ninety-five percent first. <laughs> I <laughs> do. <laughs> I don't want you to make them better, and then then go. Oh, well, now that I'm doing this, what's the other five percent? It's like, no, I want to keep the other five percent secret. Yeah, but that's what Brian says. He doesn't see his attitude is he doesn't want any monsters to be made. Exactly. No, I, I want to create monsters. No, I'm, with what I'm talking about, we're going to create a lot of fucking monsters. Yeah, exactly. So maybe, that, maybe that's what your site should have been called. The monsters? No, monster creator. Yeah, I like it. Well, I might go ahead and book that uh, domain if it's available on GoDaddy. Monstercreator.com. Yeah. People don't know what it is. It's like, oh, you go there and you run simulations? Oh, no, this is what this, you create monsters. 
Yeah, sounds like quite a letdown when she found out you're just making simulations. Right. <laughs> of <laughs> monsters. That's what that's what you simulate. You simulate new users on the on the, each platform. Right. <laughs> there you go. Right, so like, like if last year you're, if you if your simulations were accurate, you would have had whistles go woo, win a lot of money, right? Exactly. Right. Now, it, it, I would have needed quite a few simulations to get there, I think. Right. Okay. Run the Sims uh, promo code DFS. Yeah, let's do that. Just auto, just really, you didn't have that promo code already. That seems like an obvious one. No, I, theory of DFS. We want to link it back so people oh, can. Theory of DFS. Sure. Yeah, no, I, we'll do code DFS. For an homage to your uh, title here. Okay, I don't get any money for this though. No, you're you're unpaid uh, affiliate here. I'm an unpaid affiliate <laughs> by choice. That's right. By choice. Exactly. That's why I, people have, people have, I've gotten emails for sponsorship on this show. I'm like the CPM rate is not high enough for me to sell out for shit that I don't use. Oh, well, but maybe I use this. I could write this out. I could write this off on my taxes. I was gonna say that wasn't a glowing endorsement for Run the Sims, right there. Well, I don't know. I had you on. <laughs> it has to mean something. I, I, I may, I, I may, I may get this. I could write it off on my taxes. So I, th I think it, I could do it. Exactly, and guys. If if nothing else, it's a tax write off. Do me the favor and sign up for one hundred ninety nine dollars. Okay. Go get the bundle package, 50 bucks off code DFS. The bundle? What the hell's the bundle? The bundle, the one with the, the all-access NFL and the bankroll tracker. Oh, you have to pay for the bankroll tracker individually? Yeah, come on, man. That's, uh, that's that, a that, that, that kills my bankroll. Exactly. That's not a good thing. Is, is the first thing when you sign That'll up for the bankroll the tracker shows list. you the minus, minus $100 you paid for? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you get that, too. But I mean, that's needed. I mean, the only, I mean, other than Rotor Tracker, do you know of any bankroll tracker worth the fuck? I've never heard of any other. Right. And the RG one got discontinued. So. Oh, really? They don't support it anymore. Okay. Or you could upload yeah, it and it does not know what it now. does now. What it, should, what it should do, they should not support it anymore and make it so that on every upload it says that you're like a million percent profitable. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Right, and and <laughs> and we have the simulations to prove it. People can follow you, Justin Freeman eighteen on Twitter, right? That's me. You're tweeting out a bunch of stuff. Are you doing any? Are you not doing the showdown shows anymore? Uh, to be determined on next year for for showdown. I want to make sure year, it's coming like, up. It's a month away. Dude, know? come on! I, I've got to make sure we don't. Uh, I got to make sure this this beautiful new site gets all the tender loving care it needs, and these projections are honed in. So. Uh, yeah, I, I still would love to do the show. I just I, I'm trying my best to avoid commitments of any type over the next couple months. <laughs> it's a it's a big project. It is. That's a huge project. Yes, yeah, a huge project. Something that I would definitely not do. <laughs> <laughs> just you take people's money other ways. Jordan. Right. I, I, yeah. This is this seems like way way too much work. I like just coming up with stuff, spending eighty hours on one thing, and then just selling it forever. That sounds good to me. That's what I do. <laughs> theory of daily fantasy sports you can buy the 15 hour audio dfs masterclass at theoryofdfs.com 